0: Hi there, global citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I'm your host, Florence Adu, and I am still in Accra. And today is African Unity Day, which is very, I don't want to say nostalgic. It makes me think of all, well, it is kind of nostalgic. I think of all of the, the former leaders and the former freedom fighters that really put all of their efforts into forging a new and stronger and better Africa. And I just hope for the best because we're still not there. We're, we're working, we're trying, we're still not there. And I was listening to um, a lecture recently and someone said, the lecturer said that The problem with Africa is that we expect someone else to come and develop our countries for us. And to some extent that is by design and by reality, but until we shake that mentality, we'll still be a fairly ununified Africa. So let's think about that, folks. On a brighter note, I have a wonderful woman sitting next to me here in Accra, Ghana. She is the founder of CESA. It's a personal development organization. It is a space, a resource to assist others find some answers, guidance, and advice to make this life game more enjoyable for their benefit and the benefit of those around them. Miss Alvina Cueson. Welcome Thank to the podcast, you. Thank you. Thank welcome, you. welcome, welcome, I'm so happy to be here I'm you. I'm really happy to be here. Yay, very good, very good, good, good. So let's get started. Tell us where you're from, where you are local, and what is your craft? Okay,
1: so I am British Ghanaian, mm-hmm. I was born in the UK, London, and um, I'm of Ghanaian heritage. My parents are both from central region Ghana. So I am a fancy me, a fancy papa. Okay. <laughs> Which means I'm a full fancy. Uh-huh. And what was the last bit? Where are you? local?
0: Where am I right? local?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Where am I local? I am a human yo-yo. So I am local in Accra. I am local in London. Okay. And then my work makes me local in a couple of other African countries,
0: like Sierra Leone, a little bit of Nigeria. Nice. So nice.
1: local is very
0: fluid. <laughs> okay. Okay. So before we go to your craft, tell us, a little bit more about your local in London. Okay. And your local here in Ghana. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So my local in London
1: is northwest London. Okay. Um Kentish Town mainly. Mm-hmm. And it's diverse adjacent. So I'm <laughs> near <laughs> I'm very close to areas where you've got a real nice mix hodgepodge of different cultures. Camden Town, which is a popular tourist destination, is yeah. doorstep and so you can get foods and clothes and everything from everywhere. Okay. Binsbury Park, Tottenham Mount Far, okay. so that's my little home, a bit of Africa really yes, yes, in yeah. um, London. So I really like my location. I can get around with ease, jumping on and off public transport and getting around town is, is just part of life, easy, okay. easy living life sure. over there. Then we come to Accra. Uh-huh. Accra, um, I'm local to East Legon. Okay. I fell in love with it. Um and we'll talk about some of my bouncing around, but I fell in love with East Ligon years and years and years and years and years, and years, and years ago. And so I constantly keep gravitating back yeah. here. Yeah. Um so East Ligon's my local. You are not bouncing off on public well, you can if you can do the chore thing, you can bounce on and off public transport. Otherwise it's taxis, which used to be a real headache with the whole negotiation mm-hmm. constant conversation. Um, Uber and Bolt and Yango and all those others have made it a bit easier Mm -hmm. and so technology has helped in that dimension Mm -hmm. but yeah Mm -hmm. I love being in East Ligon for the restaurants the bars I think I mentioned that for the other side so yeah food is important to me music galleries and just just that East Ligon is building its own kind of personality and it's a little bit it's a little bit Ghana bougie, it's a little bit repati, it's a little bit diaspora, and yeah. it's a little bit
0: local. Yeah.
1: So there's, it's got a character and personality I can gel with,
0: so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would agree with that description. gone. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Okay, so what is your craft? My craft?
1: Okay, so it's quite funny, like I love listening to you do your introduction because um, part of what you were saying, the sort of aim or ambition is manifesting. A mm-hmm. better world. And I just love the word manifesting mm-hmm. because I have watched different friends be on your show mm-hmm. and I'm like, I want to be on Florence's <laughs> show. <laughs> okay. and, um, and then the other day, just like that, we bump into each other and then it's like, oh, I want it on my show. It's like, okay, yes. I'm manifesting. Okay. <laughs> so like, my craft is generally connection uh-huh. um, and engagement, particularly diaspora engagement. Okay. So, so I have been... And you can call it kind of, um, what's the word, navel-gazing or a bit narcissistic. But I have just been driven by trying to understand the diaspora identity. Mm. So my educational interests, my personal interests, and then my work have all been diaspora-related. And so obviously as I'm studying the outside, I'm also studying my inside. So my craft has been research. First, it was a lot of really researching diaspora and development. So Africa and the development of Africa has mm-hmm. been so key and central to everything I do as well. And so it was looking at African development, and then it was looking at diaspora identity, and then it developed into looking at how diaspora make an impact mm-hmm. within development, mm-hmm. both inside and outside the continent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that's just ended up being the core of my work. Sure. Part of that understanding of diaspora and the different drivers, motivations, aims and ambitions, actually crossed over. So in the UK, I've been working in the social sector and then I come to Ghana and go fully commercial. I go into property development. Right. But even then it was very much looking at the properties we were building were affordable luxury. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, it was, for me it worked because it was like, okay, this price point for diaspora who really want to come home. but they can't afford these like half a million X houses and they don't quite want to go and live back at home and whatever. There was a certain developer who was developing these particular kind of homes which were kind of in between the two. They had Western characteristics but they had more affordable pricing and they were in areas like East Legone is now, up and coming, a little bit of character. So it had a nice mix of the local meets global. So the local kind of feel mm-hmm. was very central to this developer. And so I, I worked with him, with them, um, on a development called Beaufort Ridge. That was Beaufort Properties I was working with. Mm-hmm. And I could just really see how it connected with diaspora. And it also helped me shift from thinking capitalism is evil mm. to, okay, it has yeah. a purpose. And right. it can help create jobs, which is key to the work I do in my actual day-to-day job. Yep. And it can also help to shift people's mindsets and perceptions on what's possible. Sure. So then people suddenly were able to see themselves living in Ghana, in Africa, Mm -hmm. because they could see themselves having that lifestyle and having Mm -hmm. a place of comfort that they understood on their terms. So it's not to say that they felt they were too good or whatever for a local um, property. And many do still want those local properties. But as an entrance in, you want something that's familiar mm-hmm. and these homes gave people that something familiar. Right. So oh. yeah, it's very much centered around diaspora and impact and engagement.
0: Okay. Okay. So you're a diaspora life smith.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and so then how did we get to Sessa? Yes. Yeah, right. yeah, so Sessa, yeah. and I'm saying it badly, is Sessa, which Cessa. means change oh, yeah, okay. in a can. Okay. And I've moved in and out of Ghana a few times on each time. It's like a growth experience. I call it the Ghana university of life. So doing lots of reading and work on myself and then the experiences you have in Ghana, you're literally, it's a life lesson. Every day is a life lesson, every day, (laughs) Um, but it helps you to grow and understand yourself. Mm -hmm. And so um, I started to do workshops for young girls, helping them to think about and plan their future. And in doing that and thinking about my own journey, I started to look at Dinkra Symbols. Mm -hmm. And then I saw Sesa Suban," which is Change Your Spirit. And I was like, that's it. It's transformation. It's finding a space where you can get resource and information and guidance. And now I'm growing it to become a community Mm -hmm. of like-minded people on a journey. Mm -hmm. And then you can develop and grow together. Mm And so Sesa came
0: Okay. From that. Okay, got it. Got it. So let's take a, a step back. Mm-hmm. So before you decided, so you did social work in the UK, so that was your, your focus? It was or... social development. Social development. Yes. Okay. And so what exactly about your, I mean, your education or what have you prepared you to do that kind of work? Mm-hmm. And then for you to, and then how did you see yourself? I mean, you came and you, you said I was a in the social sector and then I was, a capitalist, so right. how does that work? Right. So, tell us a little bit more about your first transition to coming and living in Ghana, okay, based, and from that point of where you were in the UK. Sure, okay, so um, I didn't
1: come to Ghana until I was 12, that was the first time I came to Ghana, oh, okay, and I just remember stepping off the plane and this just this feeling just went <laughs> all over me. And it was really, it was like a weird awakening, something just happened on that particular trip. And Mm -hmm. that trip, we were here actually for my grandmother's funeral. So I never Mm -hmm. met my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't go out much. I didn't get out much or see very much. And I think, okay, if I was 12, 78, so yeah, it was about 1990. Mm -hmm. And I think Ghana was just recovering, I think, after. So growing. Yeah. And and all of, all of. All of that. So it was a very different Ghana to what you see today. Very different Ghana. Mm -hmm. And so everybody was worried about the abhorrouchy girl and making sure that she didn't go out. So I spent a lot of time in the house, actually. But Mm -hmm. that initial connection when I got off the plane just shifted something, Mm -hmm. that huge shift within me. And so I really always wanted to come back. Fast forward. I've just come back. Done the whole, I'm going to save the planet mainly Africa, okay, and yeah. I'm going to discover myself, because diaspora identity is the way, yeah. and um, I knew I wanted to come and spend more time in Ghana. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. after I finished the university, doing my um, undergraduate, I did my gap year that people do mm-hmm. in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, I was, again, and I, I'm going to keep coming back to it, because I can't get over how important being open to what you really want can actually help bring it to life, can manifest it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try not to use that word too often. But I knew I wanted to come back to Ghana, and I knew I wanted to learn more about the development sector. Mm -hmm. And I'd been doing temping jobs as people do. And I was about to just give up. I wanted to take a break. I was like, I'm tired of this. And then my sister was like, no, 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 no. Take this call that they're calling you, take it. And it was a call to go and temp in one of, like, the main development organizations in the UK. Okay. Okay. And so that was crazy. So I went and worked with them, and then that became a job job. And then off the back of that, when I came to Ghana and had first introduction to Ghana lesson number one, (laughs) which was the job that was supposed to have been set up and waiting for me, was not here when I arrived. (laughs) The people I'd met at that organization helped connect me with people. Okay. And so that was the other thing that you, I learned really quickly as well. In the UK, it's very easy for you to become quite secluded and just make your decisions and make plans yourself. Mm-hmm. In Ghana, you have to ask people, you have to rely yes. on other people. Very true. And time and time again, I found that difficult, but it's also ridiculously rewarding. Mm-hmm. So um, I got a job with a Canadian research organization um, here in Ghana. And I worked with her for a while, and that just gave me a complete insight to the sector I thought I had wanted to work in. Mm -hmm. I did not. (laughs) Mm. The actual international development sector is extremely questionable, but it was very good experience. And then I also got introduced to an organization called African Women's Development Fund, which was, at that time, it it had just begun... It was the first African women-owned fund, Mm -hmm. and it was just this amazing place of inspirational women Mm -hmm. coming from a space where the main African women I saw in the UK were my aunts, um, who were great people, but weren't necessarily the path I wanted to follow, or the images you saw on Western TV of Africans, and believe me, even now it's not that great, but back then, worse, even worse, even worse. Seeing these women was confusing, but also really inspiring and, and mm-hmm. helped to shift, again, what was possible. Mm-hmm. And so I worked with them. And so I was in Ghana at that time for a, a couple of years. And then I moved back to the UK, and they connected me with another organisation in the UK called Akina Mama War Africa. Mm-hmm. This time even more amazing, inspirational mm-hmm. African women, strong-minded, yeah. like driven just just huge growth and learning experiences there. And then that kind of carried on the journey sure. into that sector. Got it. And worked with a lot of African owned driven organizations. So I've actually spent more time in African organizations than non-African organizations. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting listening to people's experiences of difficulties in the workplace when it comes to things of race and perception and blah, 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 Right. because I didn't face those in the same right. way. Right. You would have interactions because sure. your funders were probably non-black yeah. or, and some of the main or bigger, not main, bigger organizations were also, but it wasn't a space you had to spend a lot of time in, mm-hmm. so I didn't quite have to engage mm-hmm. in that same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Interesting. So you said the development sector is quite questionable and i think we who see it and have intertwined ourselves in it to some extent all have a little bit of a you know some kind of comment about it so are you comfortable telling us a little bit more about your assessment why do you see and what role do you see and what would you expect or would want to see changed to make it more effective, if that is even a possibility.
1: I think, and this is me personally, these are not mm-hmm. the views of my organization or any other body other than myself. To okay. sure. But um, I definitely see, and they are, I mean, it's not a secret. No, it's not. The development sector is funded by varying governments and institutions who have a particular mandate yes. and focus. Mm-hmm. So all of your funders, like it's, they do great work. Like the funding that they give is important. Our organisations like mine could not do the work we do without these funds. But at the same time, it is misguided, as you were saying in your opening, it is misguided to think that it's in their interests to see any of these developing countries, Ghana, countries in Asia, countries in India and so on, to be fully formed, fully functional and fully competitive. Right. Right it makes no sense to you. as I mean, if we're looking at it, as much as I am a benevolent country, I have responsibilities to my country and to the citizens within my country. Mm -hmm. If I put you in a better position than myself, how is that productive for me and my self-interest? So it just has to be understood in regards to the fact of you will have enough help to make sure that you don't become a hindrance. Mm -hmm. So currently... Unfortunately, we have cases of high youth unemployment. For mm-hmm. example, this is an area that the organization I work with, Afford, is extremely passionate and focused on. Because high youth unemployment means you have a large number of a very active, energized, intelligent group of young people who have no outlets. Mm-hmm. They're not able to gain a proper income, which means they can't live out all the, all the experiences they want to live, be it educational, entrepreneurial, just wanting to do a job and get a nice house and have a nice husband, wife, and da-da-da-da. All of these life dreams and ambitions that others take for granted, you can have none of it with ease. Right. So then what are you going to do with all of that energy? You're going to look to see where can I find this outlet? And unfortunately, there are those who look to this surplus of energy and use it for ends that are unhelpful, terrorism, mm-hmm. um, crime, fraud, mm-hmm. or who've taken their lives into their own hands and trying to cross mm-hmm. oceans and deserts mm-hmm. to seek this better life. And then unfortunately, though the life you're going to isn't great, it, it's generally really hard, uncomfortable, and for some people really degenerating of your spirit and body, both physical and internal. Mm-hmm. But you make more money than you would at home. Yes. And so you weigh it up and then you take your chances. Then also you have the pressure of those at home who expect you to go and be amazing and help fund those who stayed behind. And I won't even go into the other layer of issues we're creating Mm -hmm. with this and creating new classes and distinctions. But Mm -hmm. So these are the areas that is now of import to those who fund because they don't want high numbers of migrants coming into their country that they can't manage or who can't be put to a productive use for their own economies. Sure. So it really does come down to us. It really does. And it's heartbreaking to see the focus that we see so many of our governments on the continent. They're they're aware, as as others are aware, of these impending issues because they keep coming up. Mm -hmm. And rather than finding sustainable long-term solutions, we do a quick thing. We have a Department of Youth and Enterprise that does program after program, and yet you don't see any real shifts. And so it does come down to us looking at what, do we need to do? And speaking to my friends who are entrepreneurs here, it also very much comes down to what is the mindset we're teaching our young people? Because the character that many are coming across in terms of those that they're hiring for jobs, Mm -hmm. they're just very despondent. They don't particularly, they're not engaged, they don't really want to work. Mm-hmm. They want to live the life that they see on Instagram, on Instagram, and mm-hmm. on TV. When I first came to Ghana, the um, messaging was coming from those really terrible Latin oh, no, they're they're the novellas, yeah, and yeah. they thought that was everybody's life outside. Yeah. So they didn't believe that there was homeless people in the Western world. Right. They didn't believe people, white people, could be poor.
0: Yeah.
1: Now we have everybody. I don't even know what they believe. To be fair, but I, I do see that they're trying to emulate these influencer lifestyles mm-hmm. and, and trying to be... So things like Forbes 30 under 30, 20 under 20, 40 under 40 mm-hmm. are great in recognizing some amazing work, mm-hmm. but they also put a lot of pressure yeah. on people. Sure, And so you're you're seeing people wanting to just win, like leapfrog. They want, yeah. they want to jump. They think, oh, well, if that person did it, I too can do it. Right, And the way they're going about doing that is doing things like some experiences not all obviously but trying to steal people their
0: bosses databases thinking they can go and start up the business and do it themselves yes that is a well known, yeah well-known fraudster activity right. here, yeah
1: and I don't know if people see that as theft or if they see that as a criminal act or see it even as a sin if you want to get into that mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I'm looking around and everybody is at church 24/7 mm-hmm. But your day to day behavior does not reflect your religious leanings and learnings. Sure. You're quick to push the Bible down my throat, sure. but then I'll see you happily push past somebody on the street or cut somebody off on the road yeah. or overcharge for something yes. and all of these yeah. kind of things. So it's, there's a whole mindset shift that needs to take place. Mm-hmm. And it really has to start with our education, mm-hmm. the religious institutions, because they're highly influential. Mm-hmm and at home obviously right. but home will be harder because you need parents parents to have a shift in their mindset to teach you the shift in your mindset exactly, so, exactly. that's the harder kind of sell yeah so for me yes development organizations have a place in the system and structure that we're living in currently mm-hmm. but as a country being Ghana mm-hmm. or as a continent we also have to have our own strategy of how we take what is wished to be given and make it work for us, as opposed to right now, we take what is given, which fits into somebody else's strategy, and then maybe, hopefully, it might help our situation. Or it won't, but, you know, we got this money, and so let's
0: see. Yeah, so some few were able to rise. Yeah. And, you know, that makes everyone feel a little bit better. Like we did something. Yeah. Or,
1: yeah. or as it has
0: done, it creates another
1: industry, which is the public sector industry. Sure. And so yeah. it, it feeds itself. Yes. And um, and yeah. so that's an area that people look for as a job. Mm-hmm. And if it's a job yeah. with career prospects, it means that you don't see an end in sight, which means you're not working towards the end of poverty. You're not working towards mm-hmm. the end of the situation because mm-hmm. then you've worked yourself out of a job, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be the aim of every NGO,
0: yeah, helpful institution.
1: You're supposed yeah. to be
0: trying to work yourself out, out of existence. Of yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you hit the head, the nail on the head. <laughs> so I want to ask you, particularly around how you started CESA. You mentioned starting with workshops, and I know that that was part of your transition from the capital sector. So give me a little bit of sense of why the where in terms of how you landed with CESA. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: I guess it says and it's still in formulation. Okay. It's hopefully by, not hopefully, by the end of this year, yes. it will be more forms sure. than it is now. But as I said, it came from the different experiences that I had been going through in my own growth and transition mm-hmm. and just recognizing that within the black community, be it in the UK, and definitely when I came to Ghana and um, with the different experiences I've had with people as I've traveled around Africa, because our focus is so pinpointed on trying to make it, you haven't really got that time to sit and actually look at yourself and what makes you who you are. So it's, I need to make money. Yeah, I need to break the glass ceiling. I'm being victimized in every area of my work. So then this personality is developing and a mindset's developing mm-hmm. where you almost stop connecting with and understanding and recognizing who you are at your core and you become this character that is in perpetual victimhood because of I'm black, I'm African, I'm a woman, I'm a man, I'm young, I'm old. And and then you forget that I'm also Elvina or Florence or whatever. And and I really like musicals. Yes, I do. And I really (laughs) like, you know, whatever it is. Yes, And so it was a, a journey of trying to get comfortable and remembering who I am outside of all of these titles and even trying to get yourself to step out because it's really ingrained, like, you are making decisions and you are doing things that you think are your decisions, that you think are your objective, I'm thinking this out, and I'm taking this path decisions. But when you sit, and generally, if you're able to come into contact with um, really empathetic and good listening people who can ask you really good probing questions, you'll start to see that a lot of your fat, are not facts. They were the opinions of others Mm -hmm. or, and I know we're all saying the media, but yes, the media. Mm -hmm. And the media includes our own media, our black media. And the messages we give ourselves. And you take all of these things and then you begin to build your reality. Mm -hmm. And so coming to Ghana, from having lived in the UK, being brought up Western, it threw me out of that for a moment because I'm not a minority anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm in a majority. Mm -hmm. I'm in a black country. Yes. But I'm still a minority because I'm Western. So there's a perception of who and how I am because I'm this Western girl who's now trying to be an African. And so that's why I now very much call myself a British Ghanaian Mm. because I had to come to terms with the fact that Mm. Ghanaian, as I thought I was, my first stint staying here, sense of humour, peculiarities of culture, drinking tea 24-7 if you want to bring it down to that. But my outlook on life, yes. my lack of understanding of cultural norms in Ghana, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to be like, I'm not helping myself by pretending that I'm this Ghanaian girl through and through. I'm definitely Ghanaian, but I, I definitely have, you know, yes, this element of Britishness running through me. So then it's having to renegotiate, having to re-understand. Mm-hmm. And as I was speaking to people and I started to run um, workshops um, called Making the Move, Yeah, MTM Ghana, making the move Ghana. And then I would break it down, all the different things that you actually have to think about before you come, because otherwise you are going to frustrate yourself Mm -hmm. and you will definitely frustrate others. But in Ghana, they don't take on board other people's frustrations. So you will definitely end up mainly frustrating yourself. Yes, it's true. Even that was something amazing to learn. In the UK... You annoy me. I'll annoy you back, and then we'll go back and forth until we lose our temper and leave in a rage. In Ghana, you annoy me. I try to annoy you, but you just don't take it on board. So then, in the end, I just burn myself out, and then we move on. Yeah. And so you, it was a shift in different, and in learning that there's other ways to live. There's other ways to see myself, mm-hmm. yourself. There's mm-hmm. other ways to interact on this planet. Yeah. Um, your norm isn't the norm. It was just a norm that you had in one context. Right. You can change that context. And you right. don't have to leave the country to change your context. Right. You do need to change your mindset and perception. Yeah. And so this is very much what I'm trying to find a way to shape and form mm-hmm. so that I can work with people to help them to shift that. Because, again, with this social media lifestyle and this living your best life, you've got to live your best life. And living your best life seeming to mean get slim if you're female, get slim, get really big butt and big boobs and go out raving or keep traveling to these amazing countries. It's all external. Mm -hmm. But what about the bit inside of you that helps you look at the world in a way that you stop feeling depressed, frustrated, limited, constricted in what you want to be doing? That makes it okay in your mind that I'm 42 and I want to wear skinny jeans. I'm going to wear my skinny jeans. These are the things that can help you have a better life that will give you the vision of what a best life could look like. And so it's very much about the interaction between the life we're living and the life we could live and then how that interconnects with other people. Mm -hmm. And so manifesting is key to that because it sounds like magic, this idea of manifestation. But when you break it right down to the core, I can give you an easy example. Okay, so even here, sitting here talking to you, right? So I'm sitting in London at the time, my friend Olivia, as they do in tow, go and check out the podcast. Yes, She did a podcast and I was like, oh, why can't I do a podcast? Why couldn't that happen for me? No, 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 no. Did I reach out to Florence? No. Did I outline what it was I would particularly like to speak about and then put that to Florence? No. Did I find out what the process is to get onto the podcast? No, I sat there thinking I'm not doing enough to be visible in the great out there for Florence to see me and get in touch with me and invite me to be on her show. So I'm creating a world in this moment where I'm not going to get on Florence's show. I'm going to keep looking at Florence's show, wanting to be on it. As I've been in Ghana on this trip, I've started to take the time to structure out what it is I'm a person who is global and local, lives between countries. I'm very interested in diaspora engagement. I'm going to speak to people more Mm -hmm. because I've started to get more and more enclosed because your your outlook on life starts to shrink as you start to get frustrated. You then get angry. And when you're angry, you don't want to interact with people. Yes, that's true. And so you see, these are the small ways that we're Mm -hmm. creating this life that we don't want. Yeah. So then I started to open up. Then you're mm-hmm. speaking to people more, yeah. which means that I get to know my neighbor downstairs a bit more. Sure. And then I go and say hi to my neighbor. And then there's Florence. And then we start talking. And then as Florence is literally like, oh, yeah, Alvina does some diaspora stuff. It would be good if you came on my show. It and bad. then like, yeah. oh, my God, that's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yes. But it's not in the realms of impossibility if you shift how you yes. live.
0: Right. I just choose to. So that's a a great segue into my question about mindset hack. So, what would you say is your favorite one that you can imagine, one that you practice? What do you find is a a wonderful mindset hack? Visualization. Ah, yeah.
1: Visualization is a great mindset hack. Mm -hmm. It takes different forms and it can come and it can manifest in different time periods. So, it could be an easy visualization like, I really want chicken and chips, grilled chicken and chips, I really want that. And then I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about it, and then I'm like, yeah, I actually really want that. And then you'll start doing the small actions that starts to bring it towards you. So you might, thinking out loud, and that's not even speaking, I've now, as I'm talking to you, it's come to me. Like There is a way that when you think really loudly, you're not speaking, but you're thinking a thought really loudly, almost like you're speaking, something random happens. That example, I was thinking extremely loudly because I was hungry and I really wanted that. And then I get a call. Hi, V, I'm at the grilled chicken place. Did you want grilled? And then you're like, oh my goodness. And that one does have an element of magic in it. But when you really visualize, it is something about how your mind starts to think, oh, okay, this is serious. How are we going to make this work? Mm -hmm. So I was just saying, I've done a little thing from my Instagram and the three things I learned in Ghana and one of them is when you take life seriously it starts things start to happen to help you your mind gets into gear Mm -hmm. and so when you've got a really clear picture of what you want to achieve anything from that grilled piece of chicken to a home in Ghana to being a millionaire and what that means And you open yourself up to the steps of getting there. And then you walk the steps of getting there. Mm -hmm. Almost anything, I will not even say almost, anything is possible. The caveat to that and the learning to that is that you may not get it in the way you particularly visualized it. So another example, I really wanted a property of my own in Ghana. Mm-hmm. It's the way that mortgages and stuff work here is quite different, but I was really clear. I wanted an apartment in Ghana on the first floor above with a balcony. Very clear on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to afford it because I've just taken a semi sabbatical and da da, but I was very clear on that's what I wanted. And put it out there, visualized it, spoke about it to particular people, not everybody, particular people. And then I came and saw the apartment we we're having a conversation in, where mm-hmm. our, our friends also live. Yeah. And I loved the place. I was like, this is it. But I don't want it to be on the ground floor. But I love this place. Yes. And then a flat became available as I was meant to leave. So I was meant to leave a month ago. Oh, okay. And then the landlord came to me a couple of weeks before I was going to leave. And he was like, oh, one of the apartments upstairs on the first floor is going to be available. Do you want to take it? And it meant renting. And I hadn't contemplated renting. Ah, In my mind, I wanted a property in Ghana. But I hadn't thought that it was going to be a rental property because in my mind it was, I was going to buy it and then it would also be a, an investment property. Yeah. As it's turned out, I've rented it for a year. Okay. When I'm not here, it's an investment property. Right. Same and so I just sat there and I was like, oh, my goodness. That's what I was asking yeah. for. Yeah. And it came to me in a way that was affordable. Yeah. And I won't even tell you the magic of being able Traveling. to afford to furnish it and everything else, yeah. but it all sort of gravitates to when you've got the right outlook. Yes. But if your outlook is, I don't want to rent a place, I want to buy a place, no, Right. then you've just shut off this whole area of opportunity true. because your mind is closed. Yes. Whereas when you can open it up, ask some questions, think a little differently,
0: it really can change so much for you. Mm-hmm. I second that on the visualization. I just remember all every apartment that I lived in, I walked in and I was like, okay, I see myself here. And so immediately my mind started to decorate. And so literally every apartment that I had, even to the one in New York that I, I currently, mm-hmm. you know, finally own, right? Because the moment I went into that apartment, it was a rental. And I said, I'm going to own this place. There we go. And it happened, right? And so I furnished it. And so, and it, it's so interesting because I recognize when I don't see the picture, then I can't, it doesn't happen for me. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Because so. when you
1: see the picture, you can almost live it. Exactly.
0: Because then you'll be like, okay,
1: no, no, I wouldn't have those curtains. Actually, I'd have blinds. Uh-huh. And, then, and then the picture becomes more and more. And then you're yes. walking around. That, those are the curtains I'd have. Yes. That's the such and such I'd yes. have. And then it's almost like some things like... Okay, so we're going to have this. This is going to be ours. And then, voila. Conversations happen. Income suddenly comes.
0: comes. It's weird. I think that when you said, oh, it just sounds like magic, I think that we need to embrace magic. Like magic is real. Like it really is real. And so I will say, I think we're on the the cusp of a full moon. For you listeners out there, particularly around the full moon, Mm -hmm. try this. Because you will see that you know for whatever reason maybe it's women's things yeah. but the lunar energy really does provide an opening window yeah. if you're not celestial thinking you know just try it yeah. you know get back to me but, but that's something that's actually
1: and that's just something I've experienced with this trip because I wasn't mm-hmm. into moons mm-hmm. and all the, but it's suddenly like this particular trip it's really come to me and. Like yeah, as Florence says, try it. Try it. And and try not to be freaked out. Yeah. When things happen. <laughs> That's the only thing. Like so I've done I've I've read things like The Secret and Laws of Attraction. Uh-huh. And I have to say, on one particular magic year, it worked so well. I got so freaked out.
0: Then I, you shut I, it down. I shut it down. Oh no. I know, it was too yeah. much. Yeah. It was too, yeah, yeah. too Harry Potter awakening sure. once. Yeah, yeah. It was too much. You can't be afraid though. That's, That's the thing. You have to have the courage so to keep on. Now, years
1: it. later. Yeah. So, all the years, somewhat not wasted, everything's a learning, but it could have been very different if I'd been able to be comfortable with that whole sure. law of attraction. We are magnetic beings and we you are. know that you've experienced it now and again. You think of a person they bring you. You're walking down yes. the street and you're thinking, oh, I'd really love a fill the blank. And then suddenly everywhere you look, everybody's driving that color car exactly. or eating that ice cream or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's just learning how to tighten that in and, and mm-hmm. manif- make mm-hmm. it work for so you. Not even manifest it, but learning the skills of how to tap into manifestation, visualization. Yeah, And also visualization can help you to change relationships mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Especially if you can go really not exactly deep, but really granular mm. with your visualization. Mm-hmm. So I've been using that for difficult conversations mm. or for mm-hmm. non-difficult conversations, the mm-hmm. ones that you really want to have and you feel too nervous or shy to have, yes. where you actually have that conversation and imagine how it would feel and how it would flow and all of these things. So one thing I do now when I go networking, before you know you'd be hungry, you're like, I need to speak to this person and this person and this person. And obviously everybody else does. So you look around the room and they've got a crowd of people around them. So what I started to do was I want to speak to that person. If not today, that person will come to me because I need to speak to them and they need what I need to give them. Mm -hmm. And either I'll be having a drink at that event and then that person will walk up and be like, Oh, Hey, how are you? Or I will get an email later on from that person. And so there is something about having the right energy that you put onto your visualization yeah. and allowing yourself to connect with it so that when a situation happens, it's almost like you remember how to behave. Yeah. So you don't feel as scared or as nervous mm-hmm. or um, you don't get your barriers up. If that's something that you do and push people away, mm-hmm. you're able to, cause you remember that, Oh, we did this and it was fine. And I was comfortable and I, had the right things to say and then it flowed yeah so visualization is definitely something i encourage people to read about there's so much so yeah. so, so much yeah. online yeah and just play with that yeah and it's fun actually right you
0: know people have made it into a kind of a market of the vision boards yeah. and all that stuff so like it's real yeah, you know yeah. you really put it together you see it and then it becomes, That's it yeah and, and it does yeah like <laughs> give it a go yes yeah. and just,
1: like with anything actually What's it called? You can go at it with extreme
0: cynicism, mm-hmm. but just give it a go anyway. Mm-hmm. Just do it anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Great mm-hmm. mindset hack. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what you hear when you're on the road, on the, in, on the mm. road, in the spaces, talking to young women. What would you say is your, your favorite global speak? My favorite global speak? Um, oh, gosh, I don't know. Let me think. Give me like an example. Okay, so the classic example here in Ghana is chale.
1: Okay, so on the the cusp of the chale, Mm -hmm. my favorite for years, and the one that is so telling for people wanting to come and live, experience whatever Ghana, you must exercise patience. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It makes you want to hurt somebody when you come out here and live that experience, but... It gives you a true understanding of what patience really means and hopefully you'll get to a point where you learn to embody it. Because once you're able to do that, living in Ghana and and spaces like Ghana um, become a lot easier and you become a lot calmer as a person because really understanding this idea of patience is understanding that your way is not the way. Yes be that your personal way or the context from which you've come. So the favourite from diaspora mm-hmm. in in the UK or tourists is, it doesn't make sense, but it's not common sense. <laughs> and so my response <laughs> to that is sense isn't common and it's contextual bound. So what makes yeah. sense in the UK, in London even, not even just in the UK, because if you go to other cities, towns, That's true, it changes again. The common sense that you will experience is that born from the experiences in the context yes. you're now in. Yes. So there's many things in Ghana that make no sense to mm-hmm. us if you've been born outside for a long time. Mm-hmm. When you've been here a while, then you begin to see, oh, okay, that's why they do what they mm-hmm. do. That's why nobody rushes or particularly makes solid plans because mm-hmm. somebody can tell you it will be ready for you on Wednesday. So then you make plans to use that thing on Thursday. Mm-hmm. You go to pick it up Thursday morning because that's what you were told mm-hmm. and it's not there. Right. <laughs> and then you've messed up all these yes. other plans. Yes. So everybody keeps everything ambiguous yeah. because there is no definite. Is that the way it should? We shouldn't be. We're not going to get into that discussion right now. Right. But exercise patience is, is one of those sorts of things that you definitely need to take on board.
0: Yeah. And True. Um, that's a great example. Though. Yeah, you may, pl- but it is, the loosey-goosey of plans is real. Yeah, yes. It's very real.
1: And you will spend a lot of time just being so frustrated and irritated. For mm-hmm. yeah. example, this morning, I've had to talk to myself back to town. Obviously, I've been out of the system for too long. <laughs> um, went to the bank to go and sort something out, which I've been told was all sorted out. It seemed on the surface that it had all been done. I was super impressed. Mm-hmm. And then I went into the bank and it isn't done, but... If you find the right person, they will bend over backwards to then fix it as quickly as possible. Yeah. So Thursday may not be possible. Friday may happen. Saturday right. could be a definite. Right. <laughs> could, maybe, possibly. You just need to exercise patience. Yeah. So, true. um. It's yeah, true. that I think is my key one. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Good. Good, good, good. Okay. So in the business of this business, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about the mechanics and the operations of, you know, really starting and structuring what you're structuring
1: so you guys are on this journey with me right now Yes. so it started off as wanting to be an organization that delivered workshops and trainings and helped give people the information and resource they needed to do x y and z Mm -hmm. but um as i've grown and as time has moved forward i realize now that that isn't quite what i wanted to That isn't the fullness of it. So as I was saying, it's definitely a community. Mm -hmm. Um, It's focused on women of colour, black women, Mm -hmm. over the age of 35, Mm, who are going through numbers of different changes and challenges and positives Mm -hmm. at a point in life where you would have had a number of experiences that influence your outlook. And so as we were talking about earlier, your perspective may not be as open as it could be, for what could be your next stage mm-hmm. of life. Yeah, Because at this stage of our lives, between 35 and 40, you might be doing career change. You could be a new mother. You could be a mother of four and your children are about to leave home. Yeah. You could be going through divorce. You could be about to get married for the first time. Yeah, yeah. There's so many different things happening, body mm-hmm. changing, mm-hmm. possibilities that if you've got an ingrained mindset that I've hit 40, which is, Society seems to really push this on women, 40 and you're out. Yeah. Whereas, as I'm seeing, it's 40 and it's new wave for lots of people. It's a new job, it's a new career, it's a new opportunity, it's a new business. Mm -hmm. Be it because circumstances have changed or because your mind has changed. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to create a space that taps into um, black professionals who can assist the community on their journey. Because the um, health issues, for example, of a black woman in her 40s can be quite different from a white woman. Um, And it is. So fibroids is a key issue. Mm -hmm. And the way it's dealt with in the Western world is completely unhelpful from a number of black women and how their bodies are treated Mm -hmm. and how they're treated or not treated effectively. But there are doctors, black doctors on the continent, off the continent, who have spent a lot of time focusing on this. There are health professionals. There are people who've been through having fibroids and have found different holistic ways of dealing with it through diet and exercise and meditation and mindset Mm -hmm. and understanding that when we have these growths and these pains and these um, discomforts within our bodies, it's generally our our body's way of holding on to hurts and upsets and frustrations. So all the medication and surgery in the world may help but it, it won't go to the core of the matter. Right. And so this is some of what I want to bring into people's lives through Cessa. Mm-hmm. So it will be webinars, it will be in-person events. Okay. It will be a directory of black professionals okay. that people have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be retreats. Mm-hmm. So I'm planning my first retreat okay. in September. Yay. It's called Release and it will be taking place in Accra. Okay. And it's gonna be five days, four nights. For women to come and release, learn how to relax. Mm-hmm. I had to teach myself how to relax in this trip because I've forgotten how. I oh. can't sit and switch off. Yeah. My mind would still be going. Yeah. And so we think as we sit and veg out in front of why was it married to medicine or any you know, of those any of that, TV. that? Yeah. It switches your mind off. It's a distraction. Yes. But distraction and relaxation are not the same thing. Very true. So it's actually learning how to relax so your body can... Yes. That's so the, it. Yes. Exactly what you did with your hands. Yes. Come down. Exactly.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And let your mind release a bit because yeah. we have so much going on yeah. in there. Yeah. And so this is what the retreat would be for. And so this, on the ongoing support is what SESA would be providing. Okay. Nice. So that's what we're building. Nice. So if yourselves fit into um, the service provider, what's the word I just... Description of who we want to bring on boards to help other women mm-hmm. in the community, please get in
0: touch. Yes, I'll um, we'll put that in the show notes. So, and, and you can tell us now where, how do listeners get in, in touch? touch. Mm-hmm. So the email currently is SESA,
1: sessa 4 number four, life at gmail.com. Okay. And equity. The website's a little complicated. It needs to be con- re- uh, reduced down. But if you Google CESA4life, SESA4Life, S E S A4Life, yes. The Instagram will pop up. The website, based on WordPress, will pop up, and then as it develops and grows, it'll be easier to connect and yeah.
0: communicate. But I looked at your website; looks fine. This is oh, that. Thank let's... you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm like, no. I just read a blog post. Like, what are you talking about? Yes, so, just, so yeah, please. I will put the website so on there so you our see listeners. See that people an yes. example
1: for you right there of how we restrict ourselves. Exactly. By our misconstrued
0: exactly. Yeah. The website says. A lot. It's very, it's very Elvina. So yes yes, please do visit. I'll put that in the show notes. Thank you. you. Yeah. Okay. Good. So we're 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 excited for that. We're looking forward to to knowledge and and more information. So, Mm -hmm. let's take a you know. Speaking of distractions and and other things, tell us more. Are you a listener? Are you a watcher? Or are you a reader? I'm a reader. Okay. So tell us some of Mm. your your most recent beloved books. Okay. So the
1: one I'm in love with at the moment, and I made sure I had it to hand, okay, is called Psycho-Cybernetics okay. by Maxwell Maltz. Okay. And a friend suggested this to me because we were talking about the numerous mental blocks that I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. And the book mm-hmm. is about how our brain works mm-hmm. and how to make your brain work for you. Mm-hmm. And as Oprah says, the book is a, just its 10 chapters of aha moments. It uh-huh. literally just back to back. You're like... Oh. oh that's <laughs> me right and again it's not an easy journey because you have to look at your I don't want to say failings but yes. your areas of work your right. areas of development sure I'll say that much but it then can help you to see why certain things are or aren't happening in your life yeah and then that takes that magic out of it that takes that I don't oh, know why this right. always so happens you, to you believe it's in the, the science.
0: Universe. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: When no, it's because you did this, this, and this and this and you've been doing it. Okay. And so now you think this is life and yeah. it isn't. And it helps you to shift all of that. So I definitely would recommend that. It's the audio book is on YouTube, but the book has exercises at the end of each oh, okay. chapter. So okay. I started on audio and then I switched to buying the book so I could sure. do the jot things down. Yeah. Renee Brown okay. is really good. I've yeah. forgotten the name of the book at the moment, but it was it the way it talks about shame. And helping us to move forward with relationships with others is really, really good. And what else have I been reading that I love? And then Oprah, again, the name has escaped me. She has a really lovely little book and I bought it for a number of people. Mm -hmm. And that too, I Know What I Know. Oh, Jan LaVenta. I know this. Oh, no, not that that one. It's an Oprah book and it's something about about her knowing
0: and Ah, and she's sharing it. So, oh, is it
1: Oprah wrote it? Oprah wrote it.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, this much I know. This much I know. Yes. Yes, there
1: we yes, go. yes. 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 So that was also very helpful. Yeah, that
0: is a good book. Yes.
1: Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um. Yes, yeah, so definitely a reader. Okay. Um. In terms of watching, I mean, in terms of watching, I just still love Matrix. I think Matrix was the original film for helping us learn yeah, about to transcend. Yes. Yeah. That this life game is a game. Yes. Yeah. It is not all that it seems. Yeah. So, especially for, I guess, younger listeners who don't know about Matrix, because it, it shocks it's true when I say it and people don't know about Matrix. It's true, yeah. One, maybe two. Don't kill yourself to watch all of them, but definitely watch number one.
0: Yes, um, definitely, um, yeah.
1: And like you said, maybe two. Yeah,
0: Matrix is yeah. good. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because I was thinking somehow I read something, I was reading something about Manchild, A Manchild, mm-hmm. and so it made me think of Curious Life of Benjamin Button. 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 Mm-hmm. And I was like... You know, I'm gonna have to watch that again because that was so curious to see how people's yeah. perceptions of who you are based on how you mm-hmm. look then, you know, manifested in, you know, this life of this person who was very challenged. Yeah. You know, and so the man child thing is that there are these small people, mm-hmm. a boliga or something. Okay. Like they're actually real, apparently, that were just people who never grew. They, they went through the, in seven years, they go through the whole cycle of infancy to elderly. Wow. Yeah. In seven years. Yeah. 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 So they won't live long. So they're tiny, but they go through the whole thing. And I'd seen some, I'd seen pictures, but I just was reading it. And actually, this morning, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And that's what made me think of Benjamin yeah. Button. So, because I mean, like, I've been,
1: again, the mindsets of people, if you're coming from somewhere else and you move into another space, I just find it fascinating because somebody else's perception of life is going to be completely different. Their outlook, completely different. The books they read, the things they watch, the interactions they have. And there's so much to learn. There is. I interviewed my friend's aunt. She's 90-something. Wow. And it just reminds me how important it is to speak to older people because... So many of us think our experiences are the experience. This is all new. Nobody else has been through what I've been through. And they have. We just don't ask. We just don't ask. Exactly. And and so it's so interesting to just start speaking to other people. And this Mm -hmm. is coming from someone who's had barriers up for a while. So it's almost like coming out of the darkness. Like, oh, my
0: God, people are interesting and cool.
1: Yeah. Again.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, just definitely speaking to the elders. Like, I think Mm. they get so forgotten and... Definitely. Knowing that African stories are passed on through, I mean, everybody's stories, mm-hmm. but particularly in Africa, we in curating our own histories, mm-hmm. we really need to talk to our elders, those who live yeah. through independence, yeah. who live through that time. Because I think we're also not remembering, and that's the reason why we're kind of stuck, is that we... Here, coming like me you and I lived abroad, mm-hmm. so our colonial experience is very different. Like mm-hmm. I'm living in America, and I'm with you. Yes. I call myself I'm Ghanaian American. American, I mean yeah. I'm, I'm the American cousin, right? Because I just don't have the context yes. at all. But so, but coming from those places, slavery in the post-colonial U.S. is entirely different mm-hmm. from the colonialism that is what is Africa now. Yeah. And if we don't speak to the people who lived it to understand why we are still in the same place we are because they are still, to some extent, the ruling class. Yeah. So until we decide yes. how to dismantle that mindset that they have, we're we're still going to be disjointed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Definitely.
1: So, yeah. I mean, a prime example for me, I've been coming back and forth, like, in the proper yo-yo since I was 22, I think. So, yeah, literally 20 years. And um, the people who I knew when I first came to Ghana, the young people Mm -hmm. full of life and passion, and we're gonna change this, are the ones who are now leaders. Mm -hmm. And so something in there shifts, Mm -hmm. and all of that energy and that verb and that idealism, Mm -hmm. it shifts and changes and becomes the norm. Mm -hmm. And so it would be interesting Mm -hmm. to know what happens in that interim, and I know Mm -hmm. life happens, you know. Suddenly, the responsibilities, the family are upon you. Mm -hmm. The need to live in a certain way mm-hmm. and the cost of living in Africa is not cheap. So if you want yeah. a good education for your child, if sure. you want good health care. Yeah. But then also the structures, trying yeah. to ch- shift the structures within which the political system is yeah. made, both internally and externally, yeah. is work. Yeah, it's work. So, and it's not
0: for the faint of heart. No. At all. And, so. and it may not end. Well, exactly in whatever way exactly. that comes, so yes. it's also
1: a huge level of bravery in it, yeah. But um, there is still much we can do. Mm-hmm. It, it starts, it literally does. I mean, there's a whole campaign of Fix Ghana, yeah, but it's very outward looking. It's government fix Ghana mm-hmm. without really understanding that the government are a reflection of us, of us. 100%. So you yes. can shout government fix Ghana, and then you still do. Any you're still in the middle
0: of the street. Is, is. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, all yeah. of these sorts of yeah. things. Yeah. So it's a partnership. Yes. Your government is really reflecting you. So whatever the government is yeah. doing is what you're allowing. Yeah. And that means also to whatever extent on your micro level, you're doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Because otherwise you'd care more and you'd right. want to see change more. Yeah. But right. it's like, oh, that's terrible. Right. And then you go and do your own version exactly. of that thing. Exactly. So, yeah, it would be interesting to see where we are. It is hard to stay.
0: Yes. Stay rah, rah, rah-rah. <laughs> like, stay energized. But yeah. please do.
1: Yes. We, we're trying. I'm trying. It goes yeah. up and down.
0: Yeah. Those are great last words. I appreciate those. Yes. Those are wonderful. So just, you know, folks, the, the hashtag that had been going around in Ghana is fix Ghana, fix the country, or, and fix yourself.
1: Okay. So those amazing. are the
0: two. Yeah. So it's juxtaposed, but it is one and the same, mm. ultimately. Completely. So... That's the Ghana just for today. Elvina, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. A, yeah, yes. yeah, Yeah. So as always, listeners, you can catch us at www.localcitizenspod.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Our show notes will be, again, very rich, and you can find out more about Elvina and all the wonderful work she's done there. And please share, comment, tell a friend, suggest a guest. We'd love to hear from you. So until next time, bye for now.